Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Alright, what's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell, brought to you by Citizen Watches. No doubt. Of Echo Drive Technology. We'll get to that a little bit later. Huge show on tap. Monster show. Uh, the Steelers GM defended Ben Roethlisberger in his actions locker room. I don't love that. We'll get into that a little bit later. Kyrie Irving goes off on the media, says mm-hmm. it's not much fun playing in the NBA. We'll get into that. But first, we had Duke <laughs> UNC last night. Right. Massive game, rivalry game, one of the best rivalry games in sports. I was so excited for that game because of one player, Zion Williamson. It had nothing to do with like the best rivalry in sports ever. Like that added to it. Okay. Because like, I always would probably watch it anyway, but right. I wouldn't be like actually excited for it. I got right? you. But I'm actually kind of mad a little bit at myself because yesterday at the end of the show, I don't know if you remember this, we were going off air. Yeah. And I was like, take Carolina and the plus nine, take Carolina and the plus nine, right? Yeah. Then I started thinking about it through every day. Shouldn't think, like especially in game, like I should go with my gut, but I'm like, all of a sudden, I started seeing a lot of tweets and people were like, "Oh yeah, rivalry game. It's going to be close. You got you know you got to do." They talked you out of like, it. No, I like talked myself out of it because yeah. I'm like, "That's the dumb money is thinking." Oh, Duke is so talented. They have these three guys going to go in the top five. So I'm like, Duke's going to blow them out. And then 33 seconds in the game, everything changes dramatically when Zion Williamson gets you know blows out this shoe and has this knee injury. All right, so let's dive right into it. When you saw Zion Williamson go down. Your initial thought was, holy S. <laughs> right? Like, I I was really holding my breath, hoping that... I, you couldn't tell that the shoe blew out when it initially happened. Exactly. It just looked like he tore his knee. So, like, you're, you're, you know, you were really waiting to see whether this was, like, bring the cart out. Um, is he crying? You know, but when he got up and he was able to leave kind of on, his, on, on under his own power, that was relieving. I've been holding my breath kind of, like, all throughout the night because I, the worst case scenario that you would never wish on anybody is that you tear an ACL. And yeah. It doesn't even have to do with amateurism. Should it be paid or not paid? It's a long process. Like it's just a, it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a big adverse situation that you have to face at that age. And a lot of guys don't have to face it. Football, it's a little bit more common, but basketball players, you don't see it too much. So that was like my first thing was like, man, I hope he doesn't tear his ACL because that's a grind. Like it's just, yep. a, it's a mental, physical grind out there. But then the second thing I thought was like, uh oh. Here we go. Cause I knew all of a sudden social media was going to come out with all the takes and people are like, pay the players. Yeah. Zion's getting screwed. Zion shouldn't play ever again. He should never take the court again for Duke. All of which annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> because a couple things from my standpoint. One, even if he did, uh, tear his ACL, which mm-hmm. by, but, uh, Coach K, Duke could come out and they say they think it's a mild knee sprain, yeah. which is great news. Even if he did tear his ACL, I still think he'd be the number one overall pick in the draft. Right. Worst case, maybe three. I still think he would get a multi-million dollar deal uh, from a shoe company. Correct. Like, I don't think it impacts anything. So why are people using this just to get out in there and, and start pounding the table about playing, paying the players? If you want to pound the table about something, I think basketball players should be allowed to leave from high school. Correct. That's, like, that's my beef. If you want to go there, but like, people are crushing the NCAA. It's not the NCAA's rule. It's yeah. not them. Like that's that's what frustrates me is there's a lot of misinformation out there. But yeah, I think this is your opportunity to say, you know what? If Zion doesn't want to play, he should be allowed to go pro because they should be allowed to go pro. They should be allowed to go pro. But I, I'm in the camp, and you know, I'm 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 the one usually with the football thing where I'm like, look, don't play anymore, shut it down. I think basketball is a little different. Um, you know, it's not as physical a sport, even though it's more physical than people think. Um, 
And basketball players, the difference, and we were talking off air, is like if you take a football player and you shut him down from football, let's say the kid Bosa, right? Mm -hmm. Bosa got shut down from Ohio State. He was just working out. Like he was in the gym around the corner from my house. Like he's just working out. He's not putting himself into another violent situation on a football field with lesser football players that could potentially hurt him. If you take a competitive basketball player and you shut him down, he's going to go play basketball somewhere. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? And he's going to be playing in a less controlled environment, not – with the best players in the country, his peers, like he's doing at, at Duke and when he plays against North Carolina, um, and the, the the potential for him to get hurt and the risk still exists. Like, football players just shut it down and they lift. Right. And they throw and they run. Basketball players are going to go play basketball in a, in, a, in, a, in a less controlled environment where you could potentially get hurt. So, you know, I don't see shutting basketball kids down. Um, and I think Zion is a competitor, man. Like, I don't know that Zion, and I don't know why I feel like this, it's just the eyeball test. While it probably is a means to an end for him, like, you know, in terms of securing a future for his family, he doesn't wear it like that. He looks like he loves to play. You know, he looks like he loves to be out there and compete, and he and he loves the environment. And so I don't think he's the type of kid that you'll see saying, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to play anymore. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was a couple months ago. Zion himself said, if I could have gone pro, I still would have come and played a year. I don't buy that one. I don't buy that one but, either, but I'd love that he said it. Yeah, like, no, it was yeah. a great quote, but I thought it did show a proper perspective. That's why I don't think he shuts it down. So. That's why I think... You know, sometimes I think people forget that guys love to play basketball. Like maybe he wants to win a championship with Coach K right. and do something special in college. And I don't, I don't even know if he's thinking about legacy, but he's obviously got relationships with his teammates, guys that never will even sniff the NBA that he wants to like have fun with and enjoy it. So I think he does play and I think he should play. And, and what gets lost in, in like the conversation about some of those guys not playing in their boat, like they're not playing for national championships. Right. They're not. This team can win a national championship. Absolutely. Now, they're, I, probably, they're probably the favorite to win the national championship. I, I'd still make a case last night that with Zion they were going to get beat. Uh, North Carolina looked like they were they were on point. They were the better executing team. They were the more focused team. They came out of the gate. Um, Luke May was fantastic, and then the other kid who transferred from Pitt, I forget his name, but they they were the more on point team last night. So I still think that North Carolina might have won that game with Zion. Now he changes the dynamic, but Zion could still play for a national championship. There there is a value in that, right? Like there there's something to be said for that versus the kid who doesn't play in his bowl game that's just going to get him like I don't know a Sony Walkman and a bag of Tostitos. Yeah, exactly. His, uh, they're actually still favored, uh, three to two favorites over Gonzaga, who they actually lost to earlier season. Kentucky's coming in nine to one favorites, but Duke is the heavy favorite to win the right. tournament. I thought, do you think Carolina was that much better, or do you think that losing a player like Zion sucked the life out of that team? Which- Both. Yeah, cause I thought it was a combination of both. I thought you lost a player with a lot of production, but sometimes the mental effect they, is even more taxing on a team. Yeah, you, they got beat by 20. Like, I mean, I don't they know what the final to was. Before half. Nah, that, but then I think they might have gone in and seen Zion, like, with ice on his knee and said, uh oh, he's not coming back. Like, what's going on? They start talking. It just sucked the life out of everything in that stadium. It, it, it did, but I watched, like, like, you know, the first possession, and I mean, like, granted, you only had one possession. You could tell that North Carolina was there to execute. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's a super, super small sample size, as small as you can get. But North Carolina was ready to play. Now, Duke could have matched that. I don't know. Um, and Zion going down certainly hurt. But I feel like uh, North Carolina was 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 more razor sharp, more focused last night than, than North Carolina. I mean, than Duke was. Sorry, Duke awful was awful from three. They were eight of thirty nine. They did not have a good night from there. My like this is not I don't even like saying this out loud because I think it sounds insensitive but it was a very real reaction for me the first thought what not the first thought obviously I've said Zion hope he's okay <laughs> well could you imagine if you paid 10 grand because that's what, like the price were five grand yeah that's get in for a ticket yeah. and you paid and all of a sudden 
the guy who you probably came to watch in Zion gets hurt. Like, yeah. you, that's so that's or if you're a game. huge Duke fan <laughs> and you lost Zion and you got blown out, right. like I'd be ticked. That's I'd be like, really man, tough. I spent a lot of money. That's All right, tough. let's break it down from the shoe aspect because that was obviously making This is ridiculous. Because a lot of people are like, oh, wow. Nike's stock is going to drop. This is going to destroy Nike. He'll never sign with Nike. All of which. What do you call it? What's it called? Like a Q rating? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Marketability? I mean, how high is this man's Q rating? Off the that, chart. That, Since that LeBron. We Nike has to come out and apologize to Zion because they're shoe busted. Like, what world are we living in? It's He's the he's the highest Q rating, as you use. I don't even know if that's what they use. I don't know. One. But since LeBron. I think he is. Yeah, uh, no, seriously. Most high school. This guy can sell. He, star, he was a YouTube. Water to a whale, dude. Which we haven't seen. He absolutely is there. So the only time this has happened to me. And this is from growing up in Florida is when I would leave shoes like storm in the garage. They dry rot. And they would, yeah, they would get awful. And then I'd yeah. go out. There was the golf shoes that happened all the time. Today would just fall apart. Correct. It never happened to a pair of new shoes to me. Well, has, has it happened to you or have you ever seen it happen? Yeah. I busted out of a pair of shoes, but like uh, worn you know, in or yeah, worn in. Right. You know, probably a little beat up. I, you know, look, I think this real talk that's I 200 like the PGs. and the PG, those are the 2.5s too. I like those. those. I like, they're a good shoe. Like my kids play in them in, in our youth stuff. Um, that's exerting a lot. That's a lot of force and a lot a of weight. Dude. That's a big dude planting with all like I. I'd like to see the sports science like thing on that. Like how many G forces went into like his stop and go. He just put a lot of pressure on the out, the, like the outsole of that shoe. Um, Do you think there's any chance that they were slightly defective? Because I like I, sometimes like I, I just bought my border uh, daughter Ossie Jordans, yeah. and like the little eye hole like just snapped. Like it was weaker than all the other sure. ones, and so they returned them. Like I, there's a there's a chance that maybe they had a little bit of stitching that was off combined with the force of him, and then it's like then you have the perfect scenario. Sure, they were slightly scenario. defective, but I thought it was fascinating that like Nike came out and. <laughs> And like cover their bases in the apology because they're like next year they're trying to lock him up, right? Like, like they're, they have to come out and apologize. That's how much money this cat is worth in terms of like endorsement dollars. It's it's remarkable. Who would you go with if you were him? Would you go with your favorite shoe growing up or would you go with the highest bidder? Or like, would you go a little bit less? Like, say you love Nike, but Adidas was throwing some serious. Let's say Adidas numbers, dude. Give me numbers. Let's say Adidas is throwing a hundred at you. Okay. And Nike's like, yeah, we'll give you eighty-five. Nike. Yeah. If I because if, if I was a Nike guy, right, right. And let's say that's his favorite. But now, growing up, now they're different. What if it was seventy for Jordan, but Adidas was asking a hundred? <laughs> that's tough, right? And then here's the thing: like, uh, companies like Nike will throw less money at you. Maybe not give you a signature shoe. Like if Adidas is going to throw a hundred at me, Nike throws ninety. But Adidas says, "Look, we're going to get. There's going to be a Zion one, your rookie year. Mm-hmm. Like that's different, right? Because there right. are levels to it. You might just be a Nike employee, but they're not building out a LeBron brand for you or a Kobe brand or a Jordan brand. Like Adidas might give you a. You know, they got the Dames. You know, they got the Hardens. They might have a Zion laid out for you. That would change my. That would. I got a prediction for you. Yeah. Zion's gonna have his own shoe from whoever it is. Nike, yeah. Puma, Adidas, New Balance, whoever it is, whoever posts. Right out of the gate, first I year. He, I think he has one. He's right that out kind of, of player. I think so. That's interesting. I think he will. Yeah, he might. I was because I was. Uh, I just watched the Hulu special about the Air Jordan One. That's right. like my whole new sneaker fetish that I have now. Like this crazy obsession I have. So I watched this whole documentary, and that was one of the things that sealed Jordan's deal with Nike at the time. And Nike was like an upstart. They only right. started. 79 like converse was sure these shoes yeah, the weapon all these other ones yeah. nike sold them on you're going to be our guy we're going to create a shoe for you and this was what changed the game obviously yeah so i do think that plays into it but i think everybody will do whatever it takes and i think nike probably will win out that's just a hunch i'm trying to remember like and he'll get a maybe this is ignorant probably. who was the last guy to come in and get a signature shoe their rookie year 
Did LeBron? Did no, I, he no, did not. I read did not. No, Paul it George took him did a while. not. Yes, no. Really? I, real talk. I'm like, I'm, I'm wondering. You got to get an All Star game. I experience. think LeBron may have had a LeBron his first year, but it, like again, I'm not a sneakerhead. It might have been in his second year where they developed his shoe. I don't, I don't know because that would be pretty remarkable. This kid comes out and first game they got his eye on his foot. Right. Like usually they want you to like yes, you're the number one pick, right? And and all that, but what dude, if you got to show me something. Uh, uh, Bennett, dude, from Cleveland. Well, exactly. They want to see. They want to see you play, man. And they waste a lot of money creating shoes for you when you get out there. Um, speaking of Kyrie, because I asked about his shoe. Sure. So he had some very interesting things to say. He's been pretty uh, vocal. He's, He's an interesting a, dude. He isn't going back to the moon is the the flat earther stuff to being a Duke kid. Like he, yeah. he's a smart guy, but he also has some different takes. He's on an he interesting guy, differently. Yeah. So he sat down with Rachel Nichols, talked about you know his phone call with LeBron earlier this year uh, to apologize in part because he didn't address the situation while the two of them were teammates in Cleveland. I thought it was interesting some of his comments on the, on being with the Celtics and his conversation with Kevin Durant, which picked up a lot of play on social media. They yeah. were just talking the hallway, just like a couple buddies, like catching up. Sure. But there was a ton of speculation, like are they recruiting each other? Are they talking about teaming up? What was going on? So he said, his quote was, it's a video of me and one of my best friends talking. And then it turns out to be a dissection of a free agency meeting. Do you get that? Like, do you get that? And then I'm asked questions about that. That's what disconnects me from all that bleep. This is the quote I had a problem with. This is the stuff that just makes the league that doesn't make the league fun. Like, it doesn't make the league fun. Nobody helps promote the league even more by doing BS like that of just fictitious putting things on what we're talking about. It's just, like, crazy. I would agree with that. Like, I, I on, no, you just got to ignore them. Just no, don't listen to the rumor. No, look, don't listen to the media. You can, Yeah, but, I mean, I could still agree with that and say that you have to take the good with the bad. So that is the part of being any kind of star, not just the NBA. When you're under a microscope, right, and everything you do – um, is magnified and it's in the public and it's dissected for the public. Like that can be annoying. That's the not fun part of being the star. But I'm sure the fun part of being the star <laughs> mo- far outweighs the not fun part. And so you take the good with the bad, you know. And so that's you know, where I would like. I wish you would have just put in a little phrase, but like, like this is a great league. It's a lot of fun. I make a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, I mean, yeah, correct. The fun part. It correct. Seemed like, and from what you've heard out of the Celtics locker room, from several guys are saying it's not fun anymore. And, like, I do think there's a chemistry issue within that locker room. I don't know where it comes from specifically, but it does seem like something's off. Yeah, if it's not fun. And I don't know that he meant that. I think this is Especially another This winning. is another one of the – so us doing what we're doing right now is it, exactly what he's talking about, right? Because we're taking that quote that he made, and, like, any rational person would be like, yeah, dude, he has fun. He just doesn't like that part of it. But we're all going to sit around this morning and be like – you know, Kyrie hates the NBA, which is, I don't believe that's what he said. But if in fact there are people in Boston on that team and Kyrie that aren't having fun doing what they're doing, um, then that's a shame. And it speaks to what's kind of the problem in Boston because it, it should be fun. There are parts of things that c- cannot be fun that you don't love to do. Don't love to sign all the, all the thousand balls that you have to sign on. You know, you had the day in, in NFL locker rooms on probably where they bring all the stuff out for your sponsors. Yeah, yep. You got to walk around, you yep. got to sign 10,000 things before and after practice. Like yep. nobody loves to do that. But it's one day, right? It's two hours, and the rest of every, you know, they're doing two hours. See, we did it every Saturday before our walkthrough, and they'd have them all, and you just sit every there Saturday, every but so 
16 Saturdays, that but you know, it would only take 15 minutes. We had two days. No, we had two days and it would be multiple hours. You'd have to go right. up and down roads. So I'd rather just signing. do it 15 minutes before practice and you pass them around the circle. I mean, it's like pass the, like you just pass it around. Sure. You know, sure. Go, but like that doesn't outweigh like all of, good. all of the free meals, all of the entrance right. into clubs without waiting in a line. <laughs> all of like it doesn't outweigh the Lambos that you get to drive off the leg. Like, it, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, it comes with the territory, dude. You want to be a star? You're living in the public, like the public. You're you're basking in the public's uh, like the like glow. Then you got to take some of the bad that comes with it. Your stuff's going to be dissected. You're going to be under a microscope. When you were in those things, you were passing them all around. The dudes like goof on some of the balls. Like, oh, what, <laughs> dude? So you wind up. So what they do is you sign like a thousand items, right? right? I mean, just, and, <laughs> yeah, and so. <laughs> So Jerry Sloan used to be a stickler. Jerry would come around and say if he couldn't read your signature, like you'd have a problem with him. Really? But in- inevitably, you'd yeah. wind up like. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it's funny because they give you a team ball at the end of the year. So I've got team balls from like all of these great teams, and like I didn't even think about that until somebody sent me some mail the other day. It was from an autograph collector. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Like, what the hell is this auction house sending me? Like, nothing that I could have of my own would be of any value to right. any of these people. What do you want? And then it said like, if you have any team memorabilia so i looked around and i got that 01 sixer stuff like all signed by the sixers team i got 06 like sun's balls with right. amari and steve and the matrix and so i was like oh, maybe i do have some stuff people would want absolutely point do. point being though those balls some of the signatures on there are so illegible i'm like i don't i don't even know i, I don't even know even who this mine, is mine like i my because i got to hang around a lot of like professional athletes when yeah. i was a kid and i remember some guys pulling up when i was with the yankees Pull me aside, there was a pitching coach. So he wasn't a big celebrity, yep. but he was like one of the nicest dudes ever. Came in there and he's like, all right, he's like, when you get famous, he's like, here's what you gotta do. He's like, cause he's like, it's gonna take a while. Right. He's like you go big initials. Yep. So they can make out your initials and then go fast and fast. Correct. He's like, always put your number so that in case they don't know, they can read your number. So I did that. So my. That's gospel. Cause that's what it is. It's right. RB19. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you can read it. So my, before my rookie year, like one of your first ways to make money is car deals. Yep. In, in uh, in football. Right. So I had a car deal. So I had, they sent me 10,000 cards yeah. that I had to sign. How long did that take? Well, here's my story. Yeah. So I was dating a girl at the time, and it was like my high school sweetheart. We've been together a long right. time, so we were pretty serious. So we were getting ready. We were going to go to Atlantic City. So I was like, before we do it, we gotta, I got to bang out these cards. Right. So I'm sitting there, and she's just sitting there watching me, like stacking them. I'm like, you know, I'm like, she could actually help in this process. <laughs> so I showed her, and it's yeah. really like it's not complicated. Correct. So we're sitting there both. By the end of it, we're knocking them out. out in about an hour, and boom, we were off to Atlantic City That's where I fantastic. lost all the money that I made. Someone's going to sue you right now. No, I, the only reason I'm wondering how long it took was because, like, I just recently a dude asked me to sign a bunch of cards, and I said, okay, I've never done it before. But then it's like it's like five thousand cards. I'm like, damn, what You'd did be I just sign how up? How many for? you can bang out? Really? In a minute. Like, think right. about because it it's. You can bang them out pretty fast. Yeah, all right. Definitely worth it. Right. Ask him if he needs any football right. <laughs> out there. I don't know what the value is on him uh, that much. All right, welcome back. Ken Ellen Bell. So the 76ers, this is a bit of a surprise to me, mm-hmm. are shutting down Joel Embiid for a week just to be cautious. Yeah. Uh, Brett Brown, the head coach, said evidently it reached a stage where Embiid just felt uncomfortable with it. So where, after the All-Star game? Well, that's my thing. It's like, why did he play in the All-Star game? If this was any issue whatsoever, I'd be ticked if I'm Brett Brown or the Sixers organization. Like, what are we doing here? Correct. It's a meaningless game. Like, we always talk about football players playing Correct. meaningless games. Why would you risk him in a meaningless game when he is the, the focal point of your franchise? So here's what I – yes, I'm with you on that. And if we have to sit you down two weeks now – if you had just sat down for the one week during All-Star break, we'd only have to sit you one week, right? I am with you on that. It is stupid. 
Um, I do understand making sure that Joel Embiid is healthy and wanting to like make sure that you're ready to go for the stretch run. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. But if you're Embiid and you're the Sixers, the conversation should have been, hey man, if you have a really sore knee, instead of costing up two weeks of a of a of a run for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, sit out the All Star weekend. Let's get you healthy, and then we'll we'll only have to miss one week of the real season. And it's a player who's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. He's he missed his entire first two seasons. He missed 51 games in his rookie season. He played 63 games uh, last season. He's played 54 or 58 this year, but he's dealt with back sniffness and knee soreness recently. These tall dudes too. Some of them, their bodies just break down because it, it's it's almost like unnatural that you're that tall and that yeah. big. So for whatever reason, you see this happen in seven footers. Are you concerned at all for long term, Joel Embiid? No, I'm not concerned for Joel Embiid. The fact that he's only missed four games this year, um, I, I was concerned for him a, for a year or so ago and for Philly, quite frankly, because I didn't know, to your point, if that body was going to hold up. I think it will. I think he. I think he's okay. I'm concerned for the Sixers though because. You're trying to integrate pieces now into an offense. Like you brought Jimmy Butler over, and then there was a you know there was a time of of, of chemistry building with, with with that alone, trying to figure out how to play with Ben Simmons uh, and Joel Embiid. Now you bring in another guy who needs some touches in Tobias Harris, um, and you're and now you've got to build this chemistry all over again. And him missing two weeks, while it's at the end of the day, it's not a huge amount of time. It is in terms of building the chemistry. You're, you're without your major cog, the guy that everything runs through, the guy that does the lion's share of your scoring, isn't there while you're trying to put this chemistry experiment together. So when he comes back, you got to start all over again. So I am concerned for Sixers and how much time they'll have to get their stuff right. If you're Brett Brown, who are you frustrated with? My my question being, do you, like, are you mad at the medical staff, or do you think this is Joel Embiid's fault for him wanting to play and like probably saying, "I'm fine, I'm fine." If I, and he plays and comes back and he's like. Time out, my knee's sore. So you have different parties. You have Joel Embiid. Yep. You have front office and, and, and management. management. Then you have medical staff, right? And you got, and then you have the coaches, oh. right? And then ownership, sometimes depending on what degree they're involved, right? Mm-hmm. And so these, these pieces all have to make decisions together. So I'm, I'm angry if I'm Brett Brown, the coach at Joel Embiid, the player, the medical staff, and the people who signed off on that who are the front office guys. Because typically that happens between them, mm-hmm. and then it comes over to the coaching staff, and you're told, hey, listen, Joel's going to be shut down for like two weeks because of this, that, and that. You're usually not in the decision-making process with that. So I'm probably I'm, – I'm pissed at all three of them uh, for, for not using the All-Star break for what it was for, which would be the rest – and and limiting the amount of time that he's actually got to miss during our regular season. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a big issue for them too. I mean, they're a team that you know, the Eastern Conference is wide open, so they and it's very competitive. They're three to one, so they're right in the mix of things from Vegas as far as who can win this thing. They need that chemistry and to get the ball flow. Like they need to get everything in in place so they're ready for the playoffs. You, and you wonder if it sets it back. You know how hard it is though to for a for a GM. Like I, I'm saying this just because I'm sitting behind this table with you, and I, my <laughs> job doesn't depend on running like a franchise. If a star comes to you and says that, and hey, and they're like, "Look, I want to play in the All Star game." It would take some pretty, some 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 pretty some pretty big uh, uh, yeah, personality or cojones <laughs> to to be able to tell that star, "No, you're not going to play in the All Star game because you're hurt." Like, do you know? So, like, I, I say that that's what they should do, but it's a lot easier said than done. Sitting where I'm sitting, I don't even check his minutes, like how many minutes he played in the All Star game. I mean, that's that's the that's the alternative. Say, "Hey, go," but you can only play five minutes or whatever it is. You, right, you take the court, but don't play a lot. 
Uh, 23 minutes. Yeah, I was told that he played. So that's probably, that's a lot. Like, you, I would have said, hey, limit your time. All right. The beginning of the season. Yeah. You had your 10 top 10 players. Correct. Ranking. Correct. That's what we do this time of year. Like, yeah. We're looking for stuff to talk about. So you, 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 you know, I love to rank. We I love to rank. Up. Yeah, this is your favorite. I know you grinded on this. You were yeah. up like on Saturday <laughs> watching, cutting up games. Yeah. Team, yeah. Watching chopping it dudes. up. So let's go down your top 10 list. Okay. Current players in the NBA. I don't think anybody will have a ton of beef with it. Yeah. I think Giannis is probably the favorite yeah. uh, to win the MVP right now, but James Harden with his 30-point streak is yep. insane. Yeah. Why Giannis over uh, over Harden? Uh, well, Giannis is over Harden just because like his team is number one in the league. He's top 10 uh, in, in the NBA in field goal percentage, uh, top 10 in points, top 10 in rebounds, um, and he's like 16 or 17th in 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 blocks and steals like his numbers just everywhere were fantastic and his team is number one in the league so he gets the nod over James Harden James Harden's been fantastic uh but because of the team success I'm going to give it to Giannis over over James the MVP race for the second half of the season is going to be insane they're virtually neck and neck as far as Vegas goes yeah. Paul George is a 21 long shot to win MVP but you have him above Kevin Durant which I think would raise a lot of eyebrows people are like wait a second Kevin Durant's supposed to be the second best player in the world behind yeah. on James um, YPG over, I think, cause I think what he's doing is incredible and it's kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, it's not taking anything away. Like this one is a tough, like you could, I could flip flop these very easily. Um, but I think Paul George is playing fantastic. He's second in the league in points per game. So it's fractionally, he's averaging a point more a game, um, than, than Kevin Durant. A little, a slightly lower usage rate. Um, and, and then he's number one in the league in steals. So he really gets after you defensively. That Oklahoma City team, like really hangs their hat on defense. Um, and so just, again, this one could go either way, but at the end of the day, I'm going to lean towards Paul George. It's not taking anything away from Kevin Durant. Uh, I know you love Russ. Yeah. Ahead of Steph Curry. No, I thought, I, 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 I swapped well, them. Swap. I went, I went Russ for Steph and the one beef that, like, uh, Debo had, he yeah. didn't think Russ should be up in the, uh, in the conversation. Um, look, here's the deal. I know everybody gets caught up in Russ not shooting the ball well. And he's, what are his numbers? He gave them to me here. He's shooting his worst, uh, three point percent among players who have attempted over three, a hundred threes. Like he's only shooting 24.9. Um, but he's averaging the most rebounds per game of his career, 11.2. He's averaging the most assists and he's leading the league at 11.2. Um, 11.2 rebounds a game from the point guard position is ridiculous. He's averaging a triple double again. He's still getting 21.7 points per game and his team is winning. And more importantly, he seems to have bought into the idea of allowing someone to help him win. And you never question how hard he plays. He's second in the league in steals. And again, those guys get after you. And you can't quantify what he does defensively. Um, and he's averaging a triple-double, dude. So, like, I, I yeah, he's in the top ten for me. So, at the beginning of the year, preseason, you had LeBron James number one. Yeah. Fell to six. Is this missed time? Is this deterioration of his game like what how how come the drop for lebron james 18 games missed yeah yeah i mean when he plays and he's healthy he's he's still pretty remarkable i would still make like, the argument he still have the title of best player in the world because that's the significant shift that i think people are looking at and wondering when does it start to drop where he simply just ages out and you say he can't play at that level anymore and i think we might be at that level yeah i thought earlier in the season he was still in the conversation like when he was healthy and and playing at his best level, I'd still give him the nod as best player in the world. But the gap is closing on 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 him with these other guys. Um, you know, he still can do the most things. Do you know what I mean? At at a high level, like he'll score if you need him to. Um, he can control a game, like he's a physical presence. But what some of these other guys are able to do with the ball now, the Giannis's, you know, the Paul George KDs, um, 
you know, James Harden, like that, that gap is really, really closing quickly and it's only gonna, it's only gonna close quicker as he continues to age. So I, so you, you've heard me talk about the scale of LeBron that mm-hmm. I like and don't like. Yep. Love most of it. You know what I don't like? When he says he's gonna activate, he's activated now. Active. It's kind of corny, right? Wonder, like, he has like the Wonder Twins 30, activate that deal. Yeah. So he yeah. said playoff mode has been activated. Uh, at this point in the season, we'll see if his body can respond. Like sometimes you go to activate and it's going to be hitting that button again and it'll be like you run out of power options. Yeah, that's, totally. That's where it seems like it's going to get to. All right. So the Steelers have been the center of the NFL drama recently, whether it's Le'Veon Bell last season, Antonio Brown, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, all of them have some part to play in this. Yep. The Steelers, uh, announced they won't use the transition tag on Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think it's a smart move. I don't think Le'Veon gets the payday that he looks for. We talked a little bit about this already. I just don't know if the market's going to be there for a running back anymore. Like, I just think he thinks he's going to get Todd Gurley-type money, and I think Todd Gurley's disappearance in the playoffs is going to hurt his value. I think he'll get a lot of money, but I think when he looks and it's all said and done, I don't know if it's going to be that much more than the Steelers were going to pay him last offseason. Yeah, I I, I would see that. I don't know that he's going to... He's going to exceed what he turned down, right? Like for right. the Steelers, I don't know. I don't know how much he'll make, but it could wind up being a good move for him because that was pure. That's clearly dysfunction there in Steeler land when the Antonio Brown stuff comes out, and then you know you got your you got your GM doubling down on Ben's ability to like just call out anybody who he wants to call out. Like I like at the end of the day, could work out for Le'Veon, and there'll be some teams out there with some money that might throw around. Like you got the Jets, you got Indianapolis, like you got you know. There'll be some teams that'll throw some money at him, but he might not make, you know, what he, what he thinks he should make. You mentioned the GM. Yeah. On Big Ben. I have a huge, huge beef with what Kevin Colbert said about Big Ben because I think you're enabling of course. an unhealthy locker room. But what's his it, comments? Because he basically comes out and he's essentially saying Ben can do whatever the bleep he wants. And you've got to have accountability within there. And the number of Steelers that I've talked to, uh, have all kind of rolled their eyes when you talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. I think they, they look at him and they say, this dude's going to get treated like the prince of the organization. That does not play well. Even That's why I think Brady has been such an effective leader is he's <clears throat> one of the guys yeah. he knows everybody's name, and Belichick is not afraid to cuss him out and get after him. And now your GM is coming out saying, quote, He's the elder statesman and our Super Bowl winner. If players are smart, they'd listen to him because he's been there. He's done it. He can tell them, no, guys, what you're doing is is or is not good enough to do this. I want them to step up and say, hey, Ben, what do I have to do? Nope. This is ridiculous. ridiculous. over the top. And this is going to create an even more unhealthy environment and, in a locker room. And it's going to make it difficult for, for you to bring guys into your, into your program. Like, it, it, like guys don't want to come there and hear that. Guys don't want to know that they're coming in there as an established all pro and Ben Roethlisberger can say whatever he wants to me whenever he wants. There's supposed to be some peers. Like there's, there's, there are leadership groups, even though you don't have to call them groups and, and do the whole, like we have a leadership council. There's a, 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 a you know, a, an amount of, uh, years served, like tenure for a team, um, and, and, and achievements that you've had that you have a peer in a locker room. So like, yeah, Ben might be that guy, but Le'Veon Bell's probably that guy too. Like right. Antonio's probably like, they, there should be a few of those guys. Some of those offensive linemen should be a guy like that. It shouldn't be one guy. And I've always said this, like a leader is a guy that when things go wrong, it's either me or we. Yep. Right. Every time. And when things go well, right, it's, it's them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you could feel like it's me, but you should heap that praise on them. And then when things go wrong, because you are the guy, you have the ability to absorb some of the, the criticism. And you protect the guys underneath you. And that's how guys want to follow you. 
Antonio Brown, I think, is a knucklehead. Yep. I don't think he's helping himself at all. But when I see these comments, I'm like, Antonio Brown is probably right. And a yep. lot of the stuff he did. When he threw Ben under the bus, his tweet, he basically told you that this was happening. Right. And I thought it was happening, too. I didn't think Antonio Brown should have put it out there. But now I'm like, good for him for exposing this. But now the GM is actually admitting that they have a culture where Big Ben can do whatever he wants and everybody else has a different standard. That is not a healthy environment. I think the Steelers kind of era with Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger is done because of this. Like, I think it's that serious and there's that much of an issue inside that locker room. When you lost, all right. And it can be true. Like it could be true where yes, he's the quarterback. He does kind of have a different set of rules, but you gotta have a better leader than this. And you can't, you gotta almost pill pull Ben in and say, Hey, look, we know you're different. We know you can get away with Correct. it, but stop throwing dudes under the bus. We can't appear like we're treating you. There's a way to go about that. Every sport has a hierarchy and the better players will have different rules at times. Like, look, as much as, as much as Bill Belichick holds Tom Brady accountable, you think he's playing by the same set of rules as everybody else, Tom Brady, that is? No. No, he is not. There, there make certain concessions for that and everybody understands it. Just don't throw it in everybody's face. Don't act like a butthead about it, you know? And my question is, you know, if, if you're the Steelers, I, I guess my question is, what do you do if you're the GM when every action you've ever taken is in support of this? Right. And now guys are walking away. I mean, you gotta double down on it. I don't, I don't like, I don't think it's a good look. I think it's gonna make it hard for you to bring quality free agents in there, but, but at this point, what do you do? My question is like, what do guys like Juju Smith-Schuster do? Who are the future? Um, and, and the kid, what's the running back's name? Uh, that had a great year and he kind of Honor, fell off again. Honor, the kid with like kids. as right now, that's fine for Ben Roethlisberger to be talking greasy to them. Right, they're young. Right, like talk greasy. All right, I'm gonna take my. What happens in two years? Like, if, like if, if Ben's still around, like, and those dudes are stars in their own right, and Ben's not anymore, and he's sitting around talking greasy to people, and you're still telling them they got to suck it up. But it's one thing to get on dudes in practice and on the sideline on game day. It's another thing to do it in your publicly show yeah. on the media. I don't care how old you are if you're because he called out James Washington, his wide receiver, and was like, "Hey, he's got to make that catch." You don't do that. No, correct. It's just an unwritten rule because you'll lose respect to the entire locker room. You start throwing dudes under the bus. I'm telling you, I think this thing has one more year, and then I think it's probably broken up uh, with Pittsburgh. All right, welcome back, Canel and Bell. Let's finish off with some leftovers. The NBA is back in action tonight after the All Star break. So you got the late, uh, the Rockets going to the Lakers. Rockets Correct. are a two and a half point favorite. LeBron is activated. That makes a difference. Clint Capella activated. though is back, which should change things significantly. As Houston, who James Harden's been absolutely carrying during this thirty point run that he's been on, he's actually said several times, and I think he was caught like on camera somewhere at the All Star break saying, "I don't even want to play like this, but I have to to get us wins." Yeah. Do you see a significant shift uh, in their style of play as they start to get pieces back? I hope so, uh, because that's them at their best. Um, now, make no mistakes. Like James Harden still has to play like James Harden, um, but some other guys have to get a little taste of that. And Clint Capella, believe it or not, he's not a high usage rate guy. He does he does represent an offensive threat for them because he's there. He's that rim run guy that when he's out in that high ball screen with 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 uh, James Harden, and James Harden's coming downhill. You know, now you've got an actual threat at the rim that sucks in a secondary defender. And whether he hits him because the defender's not there or if the defender sucks in, he's able to kick it out to another wide-open shooter. That helps their offense go. And it, and it takes some of the pressure off of James Harden just having to dance on the ball, dance on the ball. So I do anticipate as he gets guys back, they change their style of play. I don't know if it happens overnight. I don't know what happens tonight. Uh, but I do think that they'll beat the Lakers. They'll be a lot better defensively also with Capella. So one of the things I can't wait to watch is uh, – 
<laughs> Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul. This is the first time they've played hey, oh. each other since, uh, since they fought. If you remember, there was accusations that Rondo spit on him, yep. and there was the slow motion video, which I think we have on here when they comes up to each other, and it did look like Rondo spit on him. Now, was it, it was it like a loogie? I don't know. I don't but know. They, they got after it. I'm telling you, I think this thing might have some life because of Rondo. Like, I think a Rondo's a dude that ain't letting it go past him. Rondo doesn't let a whole lot of stuff go, man. He's, he's pretty, uh, you think Chris, Yo, he's got, he's like an Chris, elephant like that, man. He you think Chris Paul wants any of that action? Um, yeah, I don't know that, listen, man, NBA guys ain't trying to go out there and give up more of their checks. Like, they've already been there and done right. that. So, but I think you could have a physical kind of game. I think it would, it'll add an element to a game that otherwise was kind of meaningless. That first game back off of All-Star break, guys are usually just trying to groove back in. Yeah. And get after it, even though the Lakers are in like a win or go home type of, they need every win they can get. This one might have a little life. You might be right. Do you think the NBA, because I'm sure the refs are probably made oh, aware. They will be on, and they'll probably tell them both before the game, like, "Hey, we're going to watch out. Like, keep, keep let's let's not have a problem like we did last time." Do you think they get a warning from the NBA or a letter from the NBA or any nah. kind of before the, this game? Rondo and Chris Paul, the players actually themselves. I, I never got one. You did no. I mean, even after the Kobe clothesline, they didn't say like, "Hey, we're going to be on you like more." I mean, it was implied. Like, right. I mean, you had just assumed like right. you know every every the way I was refed after that was <laughs> right. You better people no. were going to make sure they weren't just getting away. Yeah, with but that. the refs will be told. Like the refs will have a mandate to kind of keep. Keep it clean. Like, let's not get out of hand. Yeah. Uh, LeBron activation mode. We were joking yeah. about it before. I don't know. It's kind of corny. This is one of those things that I don't love. It's like. Yeah. So, uh, you're like, nah. we'll, we'll see. Right. All right. Right. So, let's, let's see. I'm curious to see if his body can activate because he does have this groin injury, which I think is still bothering him. We talked about his weight yesterday being an issue. I do think it could be. Like, I'm curious to say if he goes and hits this activation button that he's talking about. Can he keep the intensity level up? Yeah, I think tonight it might be good. He's coming back after the break. He might yeah. be great. But at his age, can he continue to sustain that? Look, over 25 games, if if he's gotten healthy and that the 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 groin slash adductor or whatever it was is behind him, like all the way behind him, 100%, um, I think he can keep it up for 25 games. I've told you before, I was never a dude who believed in like flipping a switch. Right. Until I worked with him and he could flip a switch. So, you know, he's capable of doing it. The body is going to determine whether or not whatever his flip switching turns into is good enough to, to translate into wins. Cause that's what it is at the end of the day. Like you could play better. Okay. Yep. If it ain't good enough, then you still don't, you don't climb the rankings in the, in the West. You don't get in the playoffs. Quick story to finish our show. I was at the mall yesterday. Yeah. Walking through, you know, the middle kiosks where they just have the random stuff set up. Sure. You might have some jewelry. You got yeah, they try, they try to, hey, stuff hey you want to try yeah. this the perfume or yeah. lotion or whatever. So this girl. She looked pretty good. Yeah. She's like, hey, so like, hey, do you want to try <laughs> this? So I was like, yeah, thanks. So I took it. I normally don't even take Boom. it. So I was like, all right, I'll take it. Yep. So then she's like, oh, hey, come here, come here, sit down. Yeah. Sits me down. Oh, my daughter's that guy? my six-year-old. No, I was like, I was stuck. I'm like, nah, <laughs> dog, I'm good. So I, I was trying to. Yes. She was very nice. She right. was very cordial. Yeah. Very flirtatious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Younger enjoying, girl. You were having a, a good time. Got a great accent. Yeah. Like, you know, from Europe. <laughs> Sits me down. She starts looking at me. She's like, Oh my gosh. She's like, you have a lot of blackheads and your oh. face, like your skin look, your, oh. your eyes look like, what do you do? Like, yeah. you not slept. And I was like, Whoa. I was like, like I, oh, hey, all I of a sudden I, I was didn't like, sign I up for this. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, hold on. So she puts this cream on my face. Yeah. And she starts doing it. Then she grabs my daughter who's six. And yeah. the whole time she's like, how old are you? And I was like, oh, I'm 44. And she's yeah. like, Oh, she's like, you only look like you're 35. Really? Now you're back in. She puts this up and she's like, so she has me dries out so after a minute she looked at my eye did look a lot better i looked a lot younger really afterwards what do you think she wanted to charge me for this lotion that she was going to put on my face i don't know 50 bucks 400 dollars so as soon as i heard that i was like see you later (laughs) peace out then she knocked it down to 200 (laughs) still see you later